broadcasting worldwide on internet radio. Refreshing takes on legal strategies. Straightforward answers to difficult tax questions. Independent ideas on building wealth. It's the Refresher Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. Now, here's Mark and Matt. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast. I'd like to say live radio show, but that's only once every three weeks where we take live callers. So this one's a little sharper, a little crisper. We're here for you. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Matt Sorensen. Oh, excited to be here today. Um, and today, you know what? We're going to talk about a topic that is kind of my jam. I have to say this is so I'm a little amped up for today's show. We're going to talk about self-directed IRAs and investing in real estate. So uh, it's uh, it's kind of a big day for me. I have to say, I've been waiting for this podcast, Mark. I know Matt's been bugging. We got to do a podcast on this, and you know, you know, we're gonna keep it real. I just like my partner how cool he is. This is my jam. We're gonna. <laughs> what'd you say? We're gonna get. I, love that. Yeah. I don't know. I said I'm amped. Amped. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, just that's about my pay grade. You know, I'm a Generation X. You know, it's. I'm just not that cool. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. excited. Okay, so everybody that's a new listener, uh, thank you. You may have had this podcast shared with you. You're thinking, what's this all about? We're both attorneys. I uh, am also a CPA, love tax planning. Matt is technically a tax lawyer, specializing in retirement plans, self-directed IRA strategies. Uh, We've got a law firm and an accounting firm and a great team that helps clients all over the country. And And a self-directed IRA company. That's right. We've got our so own. So if you want to self-direct your IRA, go to directedira.com. It's directed IRA. That's but right. It's brought to you by directed IRA. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We've got our own trust company where you can roll your IRA immediately and get to work on some of this. So if this show entices you to take action, I'm going to slow down and say what Matt just said. Get over to directedira.com. And that's a great resource, our law firm. Plenty of content down there in the below. We have a newsletter every week, and you can learn more about us at refreshyourwealth.com. Now, with that said, we love to talk about making money, saving taxes, protecting what we've made. And that's what our show is about every week. We've been doing it 10 years, and we've got tons of shows in the hopper on iTunes. So go listen to your heart's content. I get little emails once in a while, Mark, I've been binge watching your, or binge listening to your show on a big long drive across the country. And I'm always so flattered by that. And I appreciate everybody. We try to keep it fun, keep it real. So if you think we're dorks, we probably deserve that. But Matt, it's, it's about having fun. It's edutainment. Yeah. And guys, I mean, we're talking about taxes, legal planning, asset protection, building your retirement. I mean, it's not the most exciting topic. Let's be real. But, But here's why people like it. It matters in your life. Mm. Taxes are one of the big, biggest expenses for small business owners. You know, you don't want to build a, a, a big successful business and lose it all because your asset protection is screwed up. And retirements have retirement accounts, which we're going to talk about today, and real estate are such a big part of people's wealth, um, and they will be in the future. So they're the real big topics that make a difference. We just try and keep it light enough so you can hang in there, learn something that's going to impact your life rather than listening to the news which is the same BS of the Republicans and Democrats fighting or sports, which may be entertaining, but it's not going to really improve your life. I don't know. Yeah. And now last comment on this, the yin and the yang. 
a lot of people love the sexy workshops or the podcasts where we're going to make money and you're going to be rich. And we all are enticed to listen to those shows about self-improvement and making money. But the yang is saving money and protecting it. You know, in a number of states now, with the combined state tax rate, federal rate, self-employment tax, you can lose anywhere between 50 to 60% of your profit to taxes. At that, now, that's on the higher brackets. But if you've got a successful business making three, four, five hundred grand or more, mm-hmm. 50% could go to taxes. Are you kidding me? So we've got to talk about this. We've got to deal with it. And then, heaven forbid, there's embezzlement. There's a lawsuit. There's a, you're texting and driving. You don't have any asset protection. A tenant gets hurt. And you could lose it all in a lawsuit too. So that's, we're the Yang, Matt. We're the Yang. We're the, we're the, I like that. the other side of the coin, baby. Yeah, the Yang brothers. All right. <laughs> Wasn't what right. I expected two white guys, but it's we're the Yang brothers. You know. Yeah, that's right. Now, every week we do a tax tip and a legal tip because we want, now today's topic, of course, is about using real estate in a self-directed IRA. We're going to hit the basics, maybe throw out a couple enticing high-end strategies, but Matt said, nope, we're going to keep this basic and what are those steps to get started? And then where can I go from there? Um, we're headed there. But we always do a tax and legal tip first, just to make sure all of you business owners out there, you investors have something fun that you might be able to learn uh, from that just a little golden nugget. And so Matt, you got, you got the legal tip this week? I do. Yeah. Okay. Let me fire away. A legal tip that you can actually use. A legal tip where you don't feel like you have to take a shower after. All right. Now, today's legal tip is about protecting your home, protecting the castle. Mm. For so many of us, that is where a lot of us build our wealth. We focus on paying down our home. We build up some equity. Number one asset for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, oddly, one of the hardest things to protect from a lawsuit. Yeah. Um, you know, you might use a lot of entities and stuff to protect your personal assets, you know, if you have businesses that have risk or rental properties. But the home's kind of one of those weird ones on how do I protect it? So, and I just stumbled across this amazing article on markjkohler.com. I don't oh. know if you heard about it, but it gave some six ways to protect oh. your home from a lawsuit. <laughs> Thank you, man, for pl- you. that shameless plug. Yeah. Appreciate that. A little, little plug. I'm, there's more content in, in uh, Mark J. Kohler's books as well. But um, let's, let's hit just some, some basic tips here. Um, first, Uh, you may be in a state that allows for tenancy by the entirety. There's about 15 states, maybe 20, that allow for tenancy by the entirety. And that is a way of holding legal title between spouses. If If you're married. Yeah, if you're married. It only works if you're married. Sorry. And only married to one person. Uh, (laughs) For those of you in Utah, I just want to be clear on that, okay? Uh, (laughs) I'm from Utah, so that's my my standard. Like, like a dentist can make dental jokes. Only a dentist. If you're from right. Utah, you can make polygamy jokes. Only if you're from Utah. Fair exactly. Enough. Exactly. So, uh, okay. <laughs> so if you got a spouse, you're married, and you live in one of these 15 states, for example, Hawaii, you can own the property tenancy by the entirety. Now, what that does is if one of the spouses gets sued, let's say your bozo spouse does something dumb, gets in a bad business deal, defaults on a credit card, or maybe even just has an accident. Car accident. And, yeah, car accident. Creditors chasing them down. Well, they may come to the home and say, all right, we want you to sell the home because we want all that equity out to pay our judgment. Sorry, not going to happen because it's held in tenancy by the entirety. And that's going to prevent the creditor because there's a spouse in there that didn't do anything wrong. They're not on the judgment. And so they would be 
stopped essentially from collecting on the property. So that's called tenancy by the entirety. You want to look um, to see if your state is one of those. I think there's some uh, resources on markjcolor.com. Now, there's another uh, way to hold title for your home um, where you, well, I shouldn't say way to hold title, but there's another way on title essentially where you can protect it, and that's called the homestead exemption. Um, the biggest state that has the largest homestead exemption and is the most popular would be called Florida. I shouldn't say called Florida. It is Florida. Um, and in Florida, this is a, you know, this is a state where like, where like the WorldCom executives all went, you know, uh, uh, Bernie Madoff ran away to, uh, OJ Simpson ran away to all these high profile people that seem to get creditors and everybody chasing them down. They got fraud or judgments against them. They all go to Florida and buy a big expensive house. Why did they do that? Because there's an unlimited homestead exemption that says a creditor cannot pursue the equity in someone's home, period. Yeah, so. that's good. And on that note, those two tips, we could do a whole show on protecting your home from a lawsuit. But that's, I'd like that Matt's just skimming the surface with two of these strategies. I just want to highlight the homestead exemption. Some states, you have to actually record something. Some, it just comes automatically. Um, other states have a small one, uh, mm -hmm. Arkansas, 2,500 bucks, but it does include your mobile home. And even if you have a Trans Am up on blocks out in front, but that's, yeah, that's included. That's, that's included. Sorry. That's an Arkansas joke, but the unlimited ones include, uh, Washington, DC, Florida, Iowa, and Kansas. And I'm going through a table in the back of my book, Oklahoma, South Dakota and Texas. If you're in those states, they can't touch your home. It is an unlimited exemption. In most of those states, it is automatic. But in Kansas, for example, it's not. You've got to actually record something. Now, in the back of my book, the Tax and Legal Playbook, I have a table just on the homestead exemption. So you can go look what's the dollar amount for my state and, and what's the exemption and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, Matt, I love what you're talking about. These are great, great tips. All right, yeah. There's so many different strategies on this. There's stripping equity out of your home by using a HELOC. There's domestic asset protection trust, umbrella insurance, putting one spouse on title and leaving the other off. And that's a tricky one. Be careful there. Uh, but there's a lot more to it. Um, and this is a, I mean, man, we could do a whole show on this. But I just want to give you a few tips, a few ideas uh, on what you can do to protect uh, the equity in your home. Okay, well, Matt, excellent topic. And I love it because I'm passionate about <laughs> asset protection. So uh, I'm going to get throw down a tax tip. A tax tip you can actually understand and won't put you to sleep. A tax tip that could save you thousands. All right. Now, this tax tip is an important one because the IRS has been giving ongoing uh, technical advice on this issue. So I want to talk about mortgage interest deductions. Matt, this will even impact you. This is a good one. You want to know this. Okay. All right. When you now, said IRS, mortgage interest deduction, I did get excited. So Yeah, yeah, it's kind of exciting. You had me at IRS. I had you at IRS. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, little Tom Cruise. I like that. Okay, now, uh, if, by the way, folks, if you're new to our show, if we don't get one decent movie quote in each show, we failed. We failed you. I mean, we're, we're here, you know. Yeah. Give us thumbs down if we don't. Yeah. Don't really, sure. but. You know, you know send us mean. some hate email. If yeah, do that. that. So we quoted Jerry Maguire today. Check it off the box. Done. Mm -hmm. You had me at hello. You had me at IRS. All right. Now, here's the deal, everybody. 
when the Tax Cuts and Job Act was passed last year, at the beginning of 2018, actually at the fourth midnight hour of December 31st of 2017. Anyway, in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, they said the itemized deduction of writing off the mortgage on your own home, you could now only do it on acquisition indebtedness. No more HELOCs, interest. It was only on your acquisition loan to buy your home in the first place. And it was limited to a $750,000 mortgage if you were married, uh, seven hundred fifty dollars and $375,000 mortgage if you were single. Well, they gutted itemized deductions, and this was another way of doing it. All that HELOC interest or second or third mortgage interest many of you have been writing off, the IRS said no more. Or, sorry, the government said no more. Now, everybody freaked out for the last year and has been sending letters to the IRS going, what about HELOC interest? And I'm improving my home and blah, blah, blah. So we have got more advice from the IRS on this. And here's the rule now, people. For 2018, if you're filing your return for last year and moving forward, you can now deduct the interest on your HELOC, but only if it's to improve your home. And uh, it cannot be to pay off credit card debt, travel around the country, pay off student debt. You don't get to write off that interest. So mm -hmm. only, and this is an itemized deduction on your 1040. So you get the primary mortgage interest on the loan amounts that I talked about and then any HELOC interest. Now, an example, let's say you've got a primary mortgage for 600 grand and you're married and then you have a HELOC for 150 grand. Uh, now, some of you may go, oh my gosh, who's got a home worth that much? That's terrible, that's a huge mortgage. Well, go to California or New York or Illinois. You're, you'll get into a mortgage real quick there. But anyway, uh, you would have a combination of a primary mortgage of 600 and a HELOC for 150, you could deduct your interest in total. But if you had a HELOC for 200 grand, you would be over the mortgage limit and you could only deduct a proportion of your HELOC. So anyway, there's some math involved, but HELOC interest is deductible. And then the last thing I want to say, any of you that have interest on a mortgage for a rental property, there's no limits on that. You're okay. And if you get a HELOC to buy a rental property, you can write off all that interest. That's mm -hmm. because it'll be a business interest deduction. So you yeah. could get a HELOC on your home to go buy a rental and write off all that interest against the or rental. Or start any business or start any type of business. Start any business, yeah. yeah. But it's just, this is the itemized deduction on a HELOC for mm -hmm. personal use or your home. That's the update. So anyway, yeah. Matt, hopefully that, that was helpful. Kind Love of it. That's a good one. Yeah, that's really good. That's, there's been a lot of questions on that on open forum. We've been getting a lot there. Um, but also remember the standard deduction is 12000 a piece, now 24000 for a married couple. So a lot of people are going to be taking the standard deduction now that didn't before, that had mortgage interest. And so, um, so that'll be a, a, a big change for a lot of people as they're doing their returns in 2018. Yeah. Well, and if you've watched the news, I mean, anybody that can stand it watching the news, I tend to try to stay away from the news generally. I want positive influences in my life. But... Anyway, if I watch the news now, you'll hear that there's experiences all over the country of people that are not getting the refund they used to and owing more. And there's people that are getting bigger refunds and owing less. We knew that this was going to happen, people. We knew that there was going to be yeah. a grab bag. There was winners and losers. But what does the media like to highlight? Poor little John and Mary that got you know a tiny little refund where last year they got a $5,000 refund. And that's all media is going to talk about because they want to make the Trump's bill 
look crappy. Now, I'm not saying I'm defending Trump here. I'm not saying I'm yeah. a fan of the GOP and all they do. I'm just saying that the media is generally going to highlight what they think is most important to talk about. I've got clients out there that are getting bigger refunds. No one's covering that, you know, so mm-hmm. just realize it's a grab bag. So Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you for the political commentary, Mark Kohler. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I just lost some listeners there. I, <laughs> I was like, well, I was going to prepare the rebuttal, but um, but the, every I think everybody agrees. Net, ta- most pe- people are saving money on high income people, middle income, lower income. It's a net tax reduction overall. So it'll it'll be a good thing. There are some winners and losers. All right. Well, let's um, let's get into the topic. Now, I'm going to introduce my amazing partner who has the best-selling book in the country on this topic called The Self-Directed IRA Handbook, second edition. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at sdirahandbook.com. It's fantastic. And I'm not, you know, I love to tell my partner what a study is. But folks, (laughs) if you're even remotely interested in using your IRA or 401k or SEP or HSA or Coverdell, any of these, your Roth, if you want to use that money and invest it in any way, shape, or form in real estate, buy the book. Get out there, put it by your nightstand, and just work through it. It is an easy read. It's very helpful. Now, in this show now, we're going to use my amazing partner's advice to kind of walk us through some basics. Maybe Matt will kind of interview you, and I'll, I'll give mm-hmm. some, you know, color commentary as if this was an NBA game. I'll have the nice little side notes, but you can take us down the court up and back. But um, Matt Sorensen, thank you for all this study and in everything you've done to just really expose this topic. It's really a good one. So Yeah. Well, I love it and I learned it from Mark Kohler. So let's just start there. And I wanted to seriously, I want to say, I want to talk, why did I get into this? A lot of people ask me, you know, like, well, why did, why did you decide to focus on self-directed IRAs? Well, I had a client and Mark was doing a little bit of this. So I was learning from him. We had some self-directed IRA clients back in 15 years ago. Yeah. It's been a while, man. Yeah. But I had this client in 2006 who wanted to use a Roth IRA to buy an option on a piece of property. Now this is a very experienced real estate investor developer and he, wa- and he wanted to use a Roth IRA because he wanted to buy this option on real estate and sell it and make profit tax-free with the Roth IRA. So what he did is he put a contract, got the property under contract with his Roth IRA. The Roth IRA paid this owner of the property $10,000, okay? This was agricultural land that came up to the freeway. At the time, the property was only worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. So we told the landowner, hey, I'm gonna give you 10,000 now, but I have the option to buy this property for about 400 grand within the next five years. And the landowner's like, well, it's only worth a couple hundred thousand now, so. Knock yourself out. I'll take your 10,000 bucks from your Roth IRA. And so the Roth IRA had the option to force the sell of the property within five years at 400,000. Well, my client knew there was improvements going in. The state and county were putting in a freeway interchange in this area. And that happened the next few years. And all of a sudden, this property goes from agricultural to freeway commercial. It's now worth over a million and a half. Well, so he can force the sell at 400. Rather than doing that, he sells his option to another developer who wants to build it out. And he makes a million dollar profit in his Roth IRA. Now he spent 10 grand from his Roth IRA and got a million bucks into it. Tax free. Tax free. And that was that moment where I'm like, I'm going to figure out how to do this for the rest of my career. I'd never heard of how that you could do that. And I was like, I didn't learn that in tax. I took a lot of tax classes in law school, wasn't on the bar exam. And I'm like, that was a freaking cool strategy. And this client, he's still a client today. 
he was pissed at all of his financial professionals. He made a lot of money. He had big law firm lawyers, big CPA firm accountants, big money financial advisors. None of them told him this. They all knew he, was a, he made a lot of money in real estate, but no one told him about this. And he was kind of ticked off. Yeah. So, um, so that was the kind of like this, my eyes were opened of, whoa, retirement accounts, first of all, can do this. And second of all, in a Roth account, this can be extremely tax efficient. And right. so I so, think that's helpful to just kind of illustrate like how people can actually use this stuff. Yeah, it's a great example. And the moral of the story, okay, everybody, because I know this is a deep topic. Some of you that are very, very young and just are barely understanding the fact that you can create an IRA, this is probably over your head to some degree already. So here's the easy part. Any of you that have an IRA or a 401k from an old job, or you put a little money in a Roth and you're just getting the concept, you think that your only investment is going to be stock, Facebook stock. I open an IRA and some, you know, employer is going to tell me what my choices are, or I'm going to go on to TD Ameritrade and just choose a mutual fund. And that's what I do. That's what all yeah. 90% of Americans do. Well, the truth is, and this is what Wall Street doesn't want you to know, is that you can invest that IRA in what you know best. You could buy a rental property. You could buy an option like Matt just described. You could buy Super Bowl tickets and sell them on StubHub a year from now. You could buy racehorses. You could invest in your brother-in-law's business. You could give a loan to someone. So you can invest your IRA the, the way you want. That, my friends, is self-directing. Yeah. <laughs> now, just opening that door is like, whoa, it's a whole new world because from there, you can do so many things. And so today's show, we just want to talk about using that concept for real estate alone. We're not going to talk about cryptocurrency or buying racehorses. Mm -hmm. Those are just ideas. But the point is, we're going to talk about how to take that IRA and do some simple real estate transactions. So Matt, what would you say is step one? If you get this concept. Yeah. Step one is you need to get to a custodian who lets you self-direct. Because like, yeah, to trust a, a custodian, yeah, a trust company. So for example, like, you know, you mentioned you'd be at TD Ameritrade and you're like buying stocks, right? Or you're at Fidelity or whoever. And if you call them and say, all right, I got my IRA. I want to buy this rental property at 123 Green Street. I, hold up, I heard IRAs can buy real estate from Mark Holder and Matt Sorensen. TD Ameritrade is going to say, you can't do that. That's right. And it's not because IRAs can't own real estate. It's because TD Ameritrade IRAs can't own real estate or Fidelity IRAs can't own real estate. And everybody's just been conditioned to think that retirement accounts have to own stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. But the only reason that is, is because when retirement accounts were created, all the financial institutions realized people were loved these things. Even traditional accounts are tax deferred. There's huge perks on them. Roths are tax-free. People love saving in them. And so the financial institutions were like, we're going to start setting up accounts for these people because we want to sell them investments. And now we're sitting where almost everybody's money is at a financial institution that sells stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Yeah. So it's not that retirement accounts can't own real estate or a private company investment or make a loan. It's just that your custodian is one that doesn't sell that. Okay. So step one is move the money. Is there a penalty? Is there a tax, Matt? Absolutely not. It's just like going from Charles Schwab to TD Ameritrade. So okay. you just move it from brokerage IRA over to self-directed IRA custodians, such as directed IRA. Okay. Now so I can go to your money to us. We're going to say, all right, you want to buy real estate? Great. We'll walk you down the next steps on how to buy real estate. All right. Slow down, tiger. Slow down. 
gosh, you just get so excited, people. I'm here for you, listeners. I know Matt just wants to cruise down. Okay, so step one, move the money. And I'm actually going to say step one is open the account. So I'm going to go to directed IRA, and I'm going to open up a new IRA. I'm not even going to – I may put in $1 or whatever. But that's going to be – Open it with zero, and then you're going to transfer money. Yep. So I'm going to, number one, open the account. So you can go to direct. How much does it cost to open an account? Our annual fee is 350 bucks. Okay. So directed IRA, I go open my account. Now, some of you go 350 bucks, but guess what? Your stockbroker is making a lot more on you buying and selling stock. See, that's mm-hmm. how they trick you. These big brokerage companies go, oh, come to TD Ameritrade and you can open an account for free. Oh, download our app. It's free and you can start investing tomorrow. Oh, you think they're doing this for free? You think they're not yeah. going to make money off your money down the road? Ooh, you're going to pay out the butt down the road, but it's hidden and you're not going to yeah. see this. And Tony Robbins and Warren Buffett and Dave Ramsey talk about this in their books as well, that the hidden fees in uh, 401k accounts are criminal. These, mm-hmm. these fees are off the chart. So yeah, the average fee in a 401k for some of you've got me have an old employer 401k just sitting out there. You can move to subtract one and a half percent. You got a hundred thousand dollar account. You're paying 1500 bucks a year for that. A lot of people don't even realize that, but that's the average fee. Yeah, it's off the chart. Crazy. Okay, so, uh, so if you have a little setup fee to open your IRA, that's cool. That's it. There's no, yeah. other, no other fees generally to just to open the account. And then step two, you're going to transfer your IRA. You're going to close your account at, let's say, Merrill Lynch. And you go, sorry, or you can transfer a portion. You don't have to close the whole thing. You know, you say, well, I'm, only want, I'm going to leave at this rest in stocks and I'm going to send over 100 grand maybe or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Good point. I like that. Yeah. Now, <laughs> or, you know, go all in, whatever, either way. If you yeah. can do. <laughs> well, this is a good point too. Word of caution is when you call up your brokerage and you say, I'm going to move a hundred grand or 10 grand or a million, whatever it is, you're going to move that money. First, they're going to say, why? And they're going to try and talk you out of it. And they're going to go, well, I'm going to self-direct. Oh, you can't do that. You know, just remember people that they're going to give you self-serving answers. And a lot of times they're going to go, well, there's a fee or we're going to move the money or we'll send you a check or it's going to take three weeks or it's going to take whatever. They are not going to make this easy on you. Some do, but many don't. So don't hate the player, just hate the game, get the money, (laughs) tell them to send my freaking money to directed IRA. You can do it by wire. And if they send you a check, you have to deposit it at directed IRA within 60 days. So don't sit on that check if they send it to you. Get it yeah. deposited. Yeah. When you're doing that, you work with your self-directed custodian. They just take care of it. We just do it for you. You know what I mean? And so you just fill out the forms. You don't even have to talk to them. We're going to do it for you. And oh. we're going to do back and forth and process the forms. Okay. So um, now if you have a financial advisor, they are the one that's going to hound you because they're losing assets under management or money they could otherwise make a commission on. And so they're the one that's going to give you that song and dance that Mark talked about. Um, Okay. okay, but let's say you got the account open. You got your okay. money over there. There's right. no penalties. It's just like you just change the company that's handling your IRA or you move right. over a portion of money. Now, this could be day two or day 20. So it takes a, a couple weeks. Yeah. So let's say some, some companies take up. about five days to send it. The better ones, some companies are a couple weeks. Okay, so then what happens on step three? Step three is you decide what to invest in. Now, presumably before you did this, you thought, oh, I know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'm going to buy a rental Maybe I'm buying a property, I'm going to flip. Maybe I'm loaning some other real estate investor some money um, to, to, do a, you know, to fund their rehab on a fix and flip. The key is though, whatever real estate you're doing, it needs to be an investment. 
we're not talking about buying a second home for yourself or buying a property that your kids are going to stay in for college. Okay. This is a property held for investment purposes. Okay. I like that, Matt. We probably need to cover some of these prohibited transactions at this point because we don't want to make it sound so simple that you can just buy this little beach house in California or North Carolina, and then you're going to go stay there. Yeah. It has to be third-party tenants. It cannot be children or mom and dads or your own use. You cannot pay yourself to manage it. You cannot go and put in a new kitchen or get a tool belt on and you know hang drywall. Yourself, yeah. Yourself. Yeah. You've got to yeah, hire. Third, for that, but yeah. Yeah, you got to hire a third-party property manager, and if you have contractors doing improvements to it, you have to hire third-party contractors. Um, but it it's. Again, nine times out of 10, once you get over that hurdle that it's not for personal benefit, it's okay. And, yeah. you know, okay, and Matt, can I hit another big, yeah. this is a, on a YouTube video of mine and I get a lot of good comments on this. There's over 10,000 views. I'll, you're gonna go to possible seminars as well, people. Because if you know real estate, you love real estate. And there's some companies out there that go, don't put real estate in your IRA and, yeah. because you don't get the depreciation. Now let's think about this. If I buy real estate, there are write-offs. And if you're just going to buy real estate in your own name, that's a benefit. I'm going to get cash flow. I get tax write-offs. I buy a rental. And so some people say, well, when you do it in an IRA, you don't get the benefits of that. Oh, my friends, it's a double-edged sword. You may not get the benefits of depreciation, but when you sell that rental, you don't pay the taxes. When you sell that when you get that cash flow, you don't pay taxes. Generally, that now there's, as Matt said, there's some high end issues and strategies involving debt, especially. Maybe we'll get to that. But the point is, here's my point, Matt. And you tell me what you think. It doesn't matter the concept that I don't get the write offs as real estate. The question is, what's your rate of return? If I go out and buy a rental property and get cash flow and appreciation, I might be making twenty percent on my money every year with just cash flow and a little bit of appreciation. Mm-hmm. Is that better than a mutual fund? Generally, yes, than mm-hmm. buy real estate. But, but don't worry about the, the concept of the real estate depreciation. Yeah. Worry about what's my overall rate of return. And if it's better than what you're getting now, do it. Yeah. I feel, yeah, the, that's a great point. That is a big, people will throw that roadblock out there and it's like, but you don't get depreciation expense. What do I care? I'm not paying taxes. Let's say I bought a rental property for $100,000 with my IRA. I make $10,000 that month net after I paid some property management expenses, maybe if I had one or maybe, you know, some insurance, whatever. I had $10,000 of income. That goes into my IRA. I'm not paying any taxes. Let's say I sell it five years later and I got like $20,000 gain. That goes back to my IRA, no taxes. What do I need depreciation to offset? I'm not paying taxes. I feel like, you know, the, the, depreciation expense is kind of like aloe vera if you got a sunburn. But in my IRA, I'm not getting a sunburn. I don't pay taxes. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. And I want to give a good example here. I have a client here just locally um, that bought a mobile home, just a simple little mobile home for 20 grand. They take their IRA Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about the LLC concept here in a moment. So I'm going to just plant the seed. So when I went to go buy the rental, it was easier to take my IRA, form an LLC, so I could have checkbook control to make decisions quickly. And he went and wrote a check out of his LLC and bought a mobile home. Now it was in a mobile home park where there was a property manager already in place. He bought the mobile home. It has a rental net rent of about 400 a month. So he's got a sweet little deal. He makes about four to $5,000 a year 
on this rental he bought for 20000 owned by his IRA. No debt. It's simple. It's easy. It's done. Look at his net return. For $5,000, that's a 20 to 25% rate of return in my IRA every year. In yeah. four years, I would have doubled my money. That's amazing. And it's just a simple little mobile home. Yeah. Good example. Good example. Okay. Let's talk about you bought it. Okay. You bought it. The IRA owns it. Well, let's talk about how, because these are steps. Right. So I move the money and I want to buy real estate. Does my IRA custodian just buy it for me? Should I consider an LLC? Yeah. What can I ask what you do there, Matt? That's the yeah. step. Seems yes. That's what I, yeah. That's what I was going to get to there, but that's a better way to say it. Okay. <laughs> is, you're going to buy it. How do you do it? Yes. You're going to buy it. You're, the key here is you're not buying it. Your IRA is. Mm. So if we're talking about Matt Sorensen here and I got my IRA involved, the buyer on the contract is not Matt Sorensen. When I go to enter to do the contract to purchase, it's directed trust company, FBO, Matt Sorensen IRA. That's what's going to be on the purchase contract. When the deed and the property closes, it's going to be directed trust company, FBO, Matt Sorensen IRA. When I had to pay earnest money deposit, when I did the contract, the money doesn't come from Matt Sorensen. I don't send them money. My IRA custodian does. So I'd have to tell directed trust company, for example, hey, send the 5,000 bucks for the earnest money. Oh, I'm closing. I need you to wire money into closing. And also, I don't sign the contracts. I'm not signing the final closing documents. It's not me buying the property. It's my IRA. So everything's in the name of your IRA, and your IRA custodian is signing off on things, paying the income, or sorry, paying the expenses. The IRA will get the income and also pays expenses on the property. So this is separate from you. Remember, it's your IRA that owns it, your IRA that receives the income, the IRA that pays the expenses. Now, because of that process, sometimes people don't like that. So even your IRA custodian doesn't love it. Because of that, a lot of people will use what's called an IRA LLC. Some people call it a checkbook control IRA. So rather than the IRA buying the property and your custodian having to do everything for you, the IRA invests into a new LLC that the IRA owns 100%. There's other options here, but first one, IRA owns 100%. You're the manager of the LLC. So in my case, Matt Sorensen, I'd be the manager. My IRA owns it 100%. LLC gets a bank account. Now LLC owns the property, gets it under contract. I can sign as manager. I'm cutting the checks, paying for it. Okay, now I'm going to color commentary. And everybody, if that went over your head, let me say it another way. Okay, Whew, take a breath. Going from my account. No, it sounded good. It sounded yeah, good. Go I'm just saying. <laughs> That's a lot to digest. So I'm going to say it another way. <laughs> I love you, man. Okay, so we went from having an account to making an offer on a property and letting the IRA custodian do it for you or just opening an LLC and the money funding an LLC bank account and then you doing it. Here's another simple way to look at this. This is where the law firm gets involved. A lot of times, once you open this account, you're like, okay, what do I do next? And you have a lot of questions. So what we've built in our law firm is a package, which some of you can choose to use, some of you don't have to, for around 800 bucks, you'll set up an LLC through our law firm and you get a lawyer helping you all the way along for about an hour's worth of time for 800 bucks. And your IRA can pay the bill. So your IRA can set up this LLC. The lawyer will do all the work on the LLC, coordinate with directed IRA, and then you'll get this bank packet and go down and open your bank account. So if some of you are thinking, man, I can't remember all this. That was a lot you said and I've got to go figure all this out. If you're going to go down the LLC route, the nice thing about that is 
you're going to get some handholding from a lawyer along the way. If you cho choose to go that route, we highly recommend it, especially if you're new to investing with your IRA, let the law firm set up the LLC and guide you through the process and your IRA can pay the bill for that LLC and you're going to love the simplicity of that too. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do this. All right. Is that a fair so, statement? Was that okay yes, to say? Yes. Yes, that was a fair statement. I like it. Okay. Um, okay. Now, the, the reason that the LLC Matt is very sensitive about this, people. You cannot, <laughs> you know, you, see, to Matt, he, he breathes and sleeps and drinks this stuff. So it's just easy. For the rest of us, this is rocket science, man. Well, I wanted to do. I wanted to do the basics. That's what I was trying to do there. But <laughs> no, <I'm sorry>. um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah. So okay, let's say you went the LLC route. And I think a lot of real estate investors, I'd say the majority of people buying real estate with an IRA are doing an LLC. Why? It's a rental property. You've got money coming in every month. Maybe you're, you're managing it essentially. Maybe you have a property manager. But there's a lot of expenses coming in and out. If you're flipping a property, you're hiring and paying contractors. You're buying materials and supplies and stuff to improve it. You may have want to buy the property at auction or you just want fast access to stuff. And with the IRA LLC, the LLC has a bank account. IRA money got invested into it. You're managing that bank account. You're paying for all that stuff. You're cutting the checks. You're signing them. You're cutting the deals. You don't need to go back to your IRA custodian to do stuff. Okay? okay. So it puts you in control. And I think a lot of people love it simply because of that. Yep. Now, disclaimer again, or a little side note, for those of you in California, we say the word LLC and you want to careen off the side of the road with your car or freak out because you're like, <laughs> you people don't know it's $800 a year to have an LLC and ugh, it's so freaking expensive. And my custodian told me I could just use a trust. I'm going to avoid the LLC. Okay, that's cool. You can go down that route. The IRA can fund what we would call a land trust of some sort. And there's a bank account for the trust. Well, I don't know. I'm trying to simplify this. You could have a trust. The problem is you don't get asset protection and it's a mess. Now, Matt, now that's what you're told. I'm not saying you could do that, but people yeah. hear that. They think I can do a trust and do it some creative way. Can you dispel the myths and the rumors here and why that's not a great idea? Yeah. I mean, let me say this. If we could do it and buy into it, we would set up thousands of those. We would have done 10,000 plus of those yes. because yeah. it's a great idea. Yeah. But here's the problem. An IRA is a trust. And the laws on IRAs, which is in the tax code, says the trustee of an IRA must be a bank, a credit union, or a trust company. That's why our company is a trust company, okay? Yeah. So if my IRA, which is a trust, goes and sets up another trust, which the IRA owns 100%, and now I put myself as trustee, did I just invalidate the IRA? Probably. Mm. Yeah. And so, and it's very different than an LLC, there's a lot of cases about LLCs. They're all in my book. You know, I got, I got probably 10 cases plus on the IRA LLC. There's zero cases on the trust. Now, I want the trust structure to work. All of you in California, I'm dying for a case to come out on it and to say, it works because I'm going to go set them all up. But I feel like you're going to be the pioneer going out there and- The Indians are going to come? Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> out there and I'm like, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a tough journey. I don't think I'm- I don't know. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. worried for you. So that's the, that's the problem on the trust is it's, it's a little different than the LLC and that because of that trustee issue and the language in the tax code on IRAs being trust themselves and trustee requirement, we're stay, we stay away from it. Yeah. So. And now let me give one other uh, uh, issue here. Some of you say, okay, for, I'll forget the trust. I'm in California. I got to figure out how to get around the LLC. Folks, 
don't get so fixated on how bad this $800 minimum tax is to the point you do something dumb. You're, and I don't mean that rude. I, I'm just saying that it's okay to pay $800 a year to get better asset protection, a better structure that's validated by the IRS, and it's easy to use and simple to work with. Put it in the cost of the operations of the project. It's, it's okay. It's not the yeah. end of the world. Now, another issue it's is that some people will say- It's analysis. It's just yeah, cost it's, benefit. Just put it in the cost column. Look at the benefits of the deal you're doing, the, why you want quick access to the money and you want the checkbook control. And just run an analysis, but be practical about it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And and so another option that people will consider is, okay, I'm just going to do the whole deal in the name of my IRA account. Now, you can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. It is, it, here. but here's the drawbacks and here's the pros and cons. The pro is you avoid the LLC. You save some money maybe. And in the state where you're at, that's a big deal to you and you want to avoid it. That's cool. Here's the cons. Like Matt said, it can be a little cumbersome. It can be a little more time uh, to move money around if you need quick access to money. Who's going to pay the bills? You know, and if you don't have a property manager willing to do all that, you're asking the custodian or trust company to send checks all the time. And where and do the checks have go? fees for that, no matter whether it's us or anyone else. And those fees, if you're if for a rental, are going to be more than an LLC in year one. Guarantee yeah. you that. Exactly. So now if you had a property manager that was involved, once you bought the property and the property manager is managing it, and they're paying all the bills, just sending the rental income back, that, that structure can work. Yeah. And without getting too technical here, because Matt told me beforehand, he hit me with a stick and said, do not make this show too technical. So I'm just going to allude to this. You don't have asset protection when you don't use an LLC. Because if you're making decisions regarding this rental, you're not the property manager, but you're making decisions and something goes wrong and I'm a tenant, I'm going to sue you. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to be liable, but I'm going to get sucked into it, where an LLC has a clear path for you to get out of a lawsuit like that. But you don't, you know, be careful. And that's why, again, I just want to say from an asset protection way, forget ease, forget cost benefit, forget just time turnaround time on getting access to money. Just say to yourself, what way is going to protect me the most from this bozo tenant that I could get in problems with? The LLC. And yeah. so it, it's just, it's another argument. So, okay. So I want to buy a rental. So I'm going to yeah. buy this rental. I may go an LLC route. I probably will. And I'm going to buy a rental. What next? Is there, is there ongoing maintenance, Matt? Or is it mm-hmm. now I've opened a can of worms or is it, is it yeah. a disaster? What happens next? Well, keep in mind, if the LLC is owned by the IRA, hundred percent, there's no tax return for the LLC. You may have a state tax filing, like a franchise tax in California, like Mark mentioned for 800 bucks. So you got a, a filing to the state of 25 bucks, 50 bucks in most states to keep the LLC active. But there's no federal tax return required. So that's nice. The LLC bank account, you want to keep clean. Don't put your personal money in here. Don't pay for personal expenses. This is the IRA money. If you want to take money, you have to send it from the LLC back to the IRA and take a distribution from the IRA or maybe transfer it to a brokerage IRA if you want to buy stocks. The other thing I would say with in the LLC is you cannot pay yourself a salary. There was a case in 2013 called Ellis versus Commissioner, IRA LLC case. Ellis was paying himself like 30 grand a year as a salary. IRS challenges a privileged transaction, went to tax court, tax court agreed, says that's a privileged transaction to pay yourself to manage your own IRA LLC. So we've always said that since 2006, you can't do that. Saw that as a big problem. Well, there's a case about it now, finally. So don't pay yourself. You can be the manager. 
and make all the decisions, sign the checks and cut the deals. Um, you just don't, don't get to pay yourself for it. Okay. I love it. Um, I would say annually, you're going to get a statement from your custodian or, or trust company is going to say, what do you think the value is? There's going to be a little procedure every year to touch base and mm-hmm. report what's in your IRA so that the IRS knows and the custodian and trustee knows. But generally, in this basic example of buying a piece of real estate or loaning money to someone that's doing real estate, uh, there's going to be no tax returns required. There's going to be no tax owing. You're going to build your IRA faster than you would with any type of mutual fund. You're investing in what you can see, touch, and feel. You feel like you're more in control. It's exciting. And uh, we've been helping clients for 15, 20 years do this and just Mm -hmm. see exponential rates of return for people. Um, That's the basic part. Now, what gets cool? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we got to talk about a few other cool things. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of cool things. You can partner with others. Can I say that, Matt? Is that okay? Yeah, I think, yeah, that was what I was going to say too is, let's say Mark and I wanted to go in together on an LLC and we wanted to combine both of our IRAs. You know, we could put my IRA and Mark's IRA, my Mark's HSA and my solo 401k, whatever. We can combine multiple retirement accounts into these LLCs, then the LLC buys the property. We see that a lot with spouses. Husband's IRA, wife's IRA go into one LLC. They needed both sets of funds to do it to then buy the particular property or asset they were going for. Okay. Those take a little more, you know, touch. It's not 800 bucks for those LLCs. It's more like 1500. Um, but it's cool because you can partner in multiple accounts to then buy a specific asset. Okay, cool. We're just going to, I love this. We can just maybe just tag team some cool points. One is a health savings account. Um, Matt and I have kind of complimented each other with different strategies over the years. Matt is using a backdoor Roth IRA. He owns some real estate with his Roth and he's, he brags about it all the time and it pisses me off. Um, and then, <laughs> excuse my French. And then, um, but what I've got is I have a health savings account and my health savings account owns a rental property. And so I brag back to Matt about how my healthcare is paid for by a rental and I can sell that rental and pay no tax. And it goes into my health savings account. And some of you are like, what? You can do this with an HSA? Yep. And you can go to directed IRA right now and set up an HSA and make a contribution this year and get a tax deduction of $3,500 if you're single, $7,000 if you're married or head of household. And now Mm -hmm. that can partner with others. So that's a cool thing. Yeah, that's cool. Your turn. Yeah. Now I was going to say this, and this is, I don't mind to like advertise ourselves, but we're really passionate about this topic if you can't tell. And we love it. We're in, I mean, and we do it ourselves. That's what's a little bit different about directed IRA is, you know, it's like whenever you go somewhere for a service or whatever it is, you want to know, do these people actually buy the stuff they're selling you? You know, like if I go to the restaurant, does the cook actually eat the food he serves? You know, we're doing this ourselves. We believe in this and we're doing it ourselves. And so um, I love that example Mark gave because we do it in different ways. But there's there's lots of variation on how you can do this. Well, here's one other thing I want to mention. Okay, you first. What if I want to get a loan? Some people are like, well, oh, I want to buy a property, but I, I need a mortgage. I can maybe put down some money and can I get a loan for the balance? Yes. But you got to know two things if you're going to do that. First, that loan's got to be non-recourse. This is not a regular loan you're going to walk into your credit union to get to buy real estate, okay? You're going to be there for like a day, just bring a tent and a sleeping bag. <laughs> Don't do it, okay? You want to go to a a bank that does non-recourse loans. There's like four or five of them out there. There's more and more coming up with loan products to loan to IRAs 
that want to buy rental real estate. Now you're usually going to need 30 to 40% down. Some are 30, some are 40. So if you want to buy a hundred thousand rental dollar rental, I put 30 to 40 grand down for my IRA. The bank will loan the money. Now it's called non-recourse because I'm not guaranteeing it. The yep. bank's just loaning on the property. And if they foreclose, the bank can take, or sorry, if I default, the bank can take it back, but I don't guarantee it. Matt Sorens is not getting the loan. They're just loaning to my IRA. That's right. You can have a crappy credit score and still do this. Now, again, I want to just digress and say, if this concept alone has blown your mind and now we add loaning to the mix, again, while you're setting up the LLC, the attorney can walk you through this. How does it look? And we've got resources of banks nationwide that will loan to IRAs or 401ks or HSAs. So uh, what we just want you to know is just kind of the general strategies here. You're the captain of your ship. We're going to get up on the, the rigging and tie the knots and do all the heavy lifting. That's what you pay us for as a law firm. But you need to know where your ship's going and you can steer the ship and you can call out the orders, but you need to know enough to be dangerous. And a lot of people put their head in the sand and just think, oh, I, you know, this, this is too complex or I don't need to worry about it. Guys, it's, it's phenomenal, the potential here. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Now you said there was two things to know. First is you can get a loan and it, ca it cannot be recourse debt, meaning you're not yeah. going to sign on it with your own credit score. What's the second thing? Yeah. So get a non-recourse loan. Second thing is now there's tax. Potentially now, on a part. Called UDFI. I've got articles, a whole chapter in my book on this called UBIT and UDFI tax. So, um, but I just want to flag it here. Basically, the IRS is saying, once you bring in debt, that's not retirement plan money. So we're going to tax the profits on that debt part portion. On that debt portion. So the less debt you have, the less you got to worry about. Um, and it's only on net income. You get all your expenses, even depreciation to offset that. But just a little flag there. Keep that in mind. It's not the end of the world. If you're getting, making a good investment, again, you're only paying tax on the debt part of money you wouldn't have been able to make with your IRA's cash. So don't stress about it, but you need to know about it. Love it. And okay, I want to give a little fun strategy here again. Here's one that I've talked about a lot on YouTube and at my workshops and for our small business owners. Putting your kids on payroll um, to save taxes. And you may not even issue a W-2. Um, you might even... Uh, give your older children 1099s. But the point I want to make here is, is you start to pay your kids in your business, that allows them the opportunity to open a Roth or an IRA or participate even in a solo 401k with your family. Mm -hmm. We can set up 401ks at their, our law firm, a whole other topic, but it's the same concept. And so if your children are helping you in the business, you can fund their retirement account and they can be a partner with you in that next LLC. So it's not just your spouses. Now, when, so when, here's the distinction. When we said, yeah, you can't buy a rental and rent it to your kids, or you can't buy a rental and live in it or work on it. That's right. That's prohibited. But it's okay to partner together to buy a rental that's going to mm -hmm. be used by a third party. That's a different point, a different concept. So you can put your arms around together as a family and go, okay, let's take the kids Roth and my old IRA and my spouse's old 401k. We, we set up LLCs all the time with like 10 accounts. You mm -hmm. pull your money, boom, you set up your LLC, you're off to the races. Yep. That is an awesome one. I've seen that with clients over the years. It's grandpa's got his account. Grandma's got her account. Kids got their account. Grandkids got their account. And they're all invested into one LLC that goes out and buys a property. Now, grandkids account may own 1% of the deal, but you know what? That little, you know, multifamily property or single family rental over time that, that only came in with 6,000 bucks or 5,500, 
it, it's going to get a great return and it's investing with all those others and, and buying an asset it couldn't otherwise do. So it's, I love that. Love that. Yeah. I'm trying to think okay. of anything else fun here. What's another, any final fun tips? We're keeping it basic. We're not going to well, go to the next level. Anything else? Yeah. I want to say one other thing. I'm not saying self-direct your account. That's not my message. I'm not saying everybody you need to self-direct your account. What I'm saying is everybody does not have to have your account buying stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Self-directing your account is something where you can take control to invest in what you know. And so if you have opportunity or you trust real estate or whatever other asset more than you do the stock market, you are not trapped in a mutual fund or a stock or whatever crap you've been served that you don't like. Now, if you're a wizard at the stock market and you're doing great, I mean, I'm not saying change, but so many people I talk to, we have so many real estate clients that are just like blown away that they could even have done this. No one even told them. And for those people that do real estate, why are you buying mutual funds? I always ask a bunch of real estate investors, tell me a good mutual fund. No one raises their hand. Maybe one person says the Vanguard index fund, which is just basically the fund that just tracks the whole market. And I'm like, well, how many of you know a good real estate deal? Everybody raises their hand. Why are you guys investing your retirement accounts in mutual funds? And people are just like, I just didn't even know. And so for those people, if you fall in that boat, consider this self-direct your account. We get other clients that are private equity people, or I got venture capitalist clients or private money lender clients. You know, I got clients got weird things that they do. And, but that's their shtick that they know that. And now we're finding the retirement account, which is the tool in the self-directed account to grow and build their wealth. And so um, I think far more people should be self-directing. Um, but just keep in mind, it's the tool. It's the vehicle. You still got to drive it somewhere. You got to know how to use it. Um, but we're here obviously to help make sure you get the right tool. Don't feel like you're stuck in Wall Street. All right. I love it. Now, my final message on this topic would be keep getting educated. And yeah, I'm probably preaching to the choir because anybody that made it through this podcast, <laughs> you're, already, <laughs> you're already dedicated to being educated. But this might be your first exposure to our show. Um, it might be your first exposure to self-directing. And you know what? Take this as an opportunity to go, wow, I don't, you just don't know what you don't know. And yeah. um, continue to listen to good podcasts and read good newsletters and, um, and share this message. If this podcast has rocked your world, share it with your family members, your best friend, your partner, just so that your minds are more open. It's not that you have to do it either, like Matt said, but at least know that the possibility is yeah. there. Because you never know when an opportunity is going to pop in your way. And exactly. this, to quote the infamous Kevin Costner oh, in Fill the Dreams, we're getting okay. a second movie in here. If you don't build it, they will not come. And for those that haven't seen the movie, Fill the Dreams, love Kevin Costner or not, watch it. It's, it. it's a good little show to teach you that when opportunity comes your way, you got to be prepared for it. And if you're mm -hmm. not even looking for it, you're going to miss it. It's just going to go by on the freeway and pew, you didn't even yeah. see it. But when you get educated on topics like this, all of a sudden that little mobile home is going to pop in your doorstep and you're going to go, whoa, God moves them to call it God, call it whatever you do, divine providence. Mm -hmm. It's funny that when you start to get educated, opportunities fall in your lap. Yeah. So Well, and you see things better. You see it more of opportunity now and before you might not have even seen it. It was there. You just didn't know, you just couldn't see it. So, um, because I think a lot of people are like that. That's such a good comment. 
a lot of people have money locked up in their IRA and they see investment opportunity all the time, but they got 5,000 bucks in their savings account. They've got $400,000 in an IRA that owns mutual funds. They don't even understand what are in them. They don't even, they can't even tell you the name of the mutual fund. And some great investment opportunity flies right in front of them. And they would just, I just don't have a hundred thousand dollars to invest in that. Dang it. I can't buy that Facebook stock. By the way, Facebook, the first outside investor in Facebook was a self-directed IRA. Roth was IRA. it really? Yes. It's the largest, it's the largest Roth IRA now. It's over a billion dollars. But it's uh, that. So think of that. You know, so if you know you can do this, you have retirement account dollars, wait for that opportunity and invest in something you know. And that's such a good point. That's, that's when you self-direct. That's when you do it. Yeah. And, and I think um, on that note is sometimes you don't know what the investment opportunity is yet, but when you prepare for it, it'll come. Mm-hmm. And so carve out a little bit of money for this. Like Matt said, diversify. Don't, you're, we're not saying go whole hog on everything, but set aside a little money that could really work it. So, yeah. well, Matt, you're amazing. Thank you for yeah. writing the book. I think it's mm-hmm. great. Get out there again. Um, everybody, thanks for listening. We're going to be here next week. We're going to keep trying to bring you cutting edge topics. And if you've got a topic you'd like to hear from us uh, on, please email us. We're always open to special guests and topics that will help you in your better in your effort to live your American dream. Any final words, Matt Sorensen? Yeah, I just want to say, I hope, I hope we didn't overwhelm you if you're new to this. Um, there is a lot to learn, but I, I tell people it's like playing a new board game, okay? If you just open up the board game and you start moving pieces around, you're going to screw it up. But if you play it with someone you know, or you read a rule book first, you're going to get it, okay? And once you've played it once or twice, it's the same thing over and over again. So just because it's new, don't freak out. Um, you can learn it. It's not that complicated. Uh but uh, just remember, just think of it like a boy. That's the secret. Yeah. Sage words. Please. I had to get that one in. I had to get I love the smell of sage. I've got to go to the spa tonight. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to another hour of refreshing strategies to better live your American dream. Don't forget to get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com.